Welcome to the podcast, Move Forth with Grace. We will be reading the whole Bible in the year 2024. This is such a perfect way to get into God's Word each day and to develop your own relationship with God our Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. I am your host, Angela, and want to first of all say that I am not an expert in theology or church history or a minister, and I never will claim to be. I am a wife and mother who has been reborn and want to be of service to God and gratitude for calling me back home. Welcome to the podcast. The Bible that I will be reading from is the One Year Bible. It is a New Living Translation, and you can find one at www.tendale.com. This episode is brought to you by the Move Forth brand. It encompasses freedom, health, and God's grace. We are created in God's image perfectly and fearfully and wonderfully. There is nothing that we need to do to earn His grace and His healing. He simply gives it to us. I am certified in health and life coaching, but no longer practice. However, I have health tips and resources, products that I love and use, homeschool tips, and merchandise available on my website, and that is www www.move-forth.com. One of my favorite products on my website that I use each day are stem cell activation patches. Stem cell therapy can be very costly and can produce results that are short-lived, which is why these patches are so brilliant and they are not considered to be stem cell therapy. They actually activate our own body's production of stem cells and support our health and well-being, all while optimizing our immune system. You can check those out on my website as well, www.move-forth.com. Thank you for being here. Thank you for becoming less like you and more like Jesus. May you move forth with grace today. All right. Well, today is day 39, and we're going to be reading Exodus 28, 1 through 43, Matthew 25, 31 through 26, 13, Psalm 31, 9 through 18, and Proverbs 8, 12 through 13. Let's go ahead and begin with a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this time that we get to be with you and in your word and in your guidance and wisdom. We pray for your wisdom and not our own, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus 28, 1 through 43. Call for your brother Aaron and his sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel, so they may minister to me and my priests, and be my priests. Make sacred garments for Aaron that are glorious and beautiful. Instruct all the skilled craftsmen whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. Have them make garments for Aaron that will distinguish him as a priest, set apart for my service. These are the garments they are to make, a chest piece, an ephod, a robe, a patterned tunic, a turban, and a sash. They are to make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons to wear when they serve me as priests. So give them fine linen cloth, gold thread, and blue, purple, and scarlet thread. The craftsmen must make the ephod of finely woven linen and skillfully embroider it with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. It will consist of two pieces, front and back, joined at the shoulders with two shoulder pieces. The decorative sash will be made of the same materials, finely woven linen, embroidered with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the tribes of Israel. Six names will be on each stone, arranged in the order of the births of the original sons of Israel. Engrave these names on the two stones in the same way a jeweler engraves a seal. Then mount the stones in setting the mount, then mount the stones in settings of gold filigree. Fasten the two stones on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as a reminder that Aaron represents the people of Israel. 
Aaron will carry these names on his shoulders as a constant reminder whenever he goes before the Lord. Make the settings of gold filigree, then braid two cords of pure gold and attach them to the filigree settings on the shoulders of the ephod. Then, with great skill and care, make a chest piece to be worn for seeking a decision from God. Make it to match the ephod using finely woven linen embroidered with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Make the chest piece of a single piece of cloth folded to form a pouch nine inches square. Mount four rows of gemstones on it. The first row will contain a red carnelian, a pale green peridot, and an emerald. The second row will contain a turquoise, a blue lapis lazuli, and a white moonstone. The third row will contain an orange jacinth, an agate, and a purple amethyst. The fourth row will contain a blue-green beryl, an onyx, and a green jasper. All these stones will be set in gold filigree. Each stone will represent one of the twelve sons of Israel, and the name of that tribe will be engraved on it like a seal. To attach the chest piece to the ephod, make braided cords of pure gold thread. Then make two gold rings and attach them to the top corners of the chest piece. Tie the two gold cords to the two rings on the chest piece. Tie the other ends of the cords to the gold settings on the shoulder pieces of the ephod. Then make two more gold rings and attach them to the inside edges of the chest piece next to the ephod. And make two more gold rings and attach them to the front of the ephod below the shoulder pieces just above the knot or the decorative sash is fastened to the ephod. Then attach the bottom rings of the chest piece to the rings on the ephod with blue cords. This will hold the chest piece securely to the ephod above the decorative sash. In this way, Aaron will carry the names of the tribes of Israel on the sacred chest piece over his heart when he goes into the holy place. This will be a continual reminder that he represents the people when he comes before the Lord. Insert the Urim and the Thummim into the sacred chest piece so they will be carried over Aaron's heart when he goes into the Lord's presence. In this way, Aaron will always carry over his heart the objects used to determine the Lord's will for his people whenever he goes in before the Lord. Make the robe that is worn with the ephod from a single piece of blue cloth with an opening for Aaron's head in the middle of it. Reinforce the opening with a woven collar so it will not tear. Make pomegranates out of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and attach them to the hem of the robe with gold bells between them. The gold bells and pomegranates are to alternate all around the hem. Aaron will wear this robe whenever he ministers before the Lord and the bells will tinkle as he goes in and out of the Lord's presence in the holy place. If he wears it, he will not die. Next, make a medallion of pure gold and engrave it like a seal with these words, Holy to the Lord. Attach the medallion with the blue cord in the front of Aaron's turban, where it must remain. Aaron must wear it on his forehead, so he may take on himself any guilt of the people of Israel when they consecrate consecrate their sacred offerings. He must always wear it on his forehead, so the Lord will accept the people. Weave Aaron's patterned tunic from the fine linen cloth. Fashion the turban from this linen as well. Also, make a sash and decorate it with colorful embroidery. For Aaron's sons, make tunics, sashes, and special head coverings that are glorious and beautiful. Clothe your brother Aaron and his sons with these garments, and then anoint and ordain them. Consecrate them so they can serve as my priests. 
also make linen undergarments for them to be worn next to their bodies, reaching from their hips to their thighs. These must be worn whenever Aaron and his sons enter the tabernacle or approach the altar in the holy place to perform their priestly duties. Then they will not incur guilt and die. This is permanent law for Aaron and all his descendants after him. Matthew twenty-five thirty-one through twenty-six thirteen. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it, To one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, Passover begins in two days, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. At the, that same time, the leading priests and elders were meeting at the residence of Caiaphas, the high priest, plotting how to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration. They agreed, or the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, Why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Psalm 31, 9 through 18. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul are withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength. I am wasting away from within. I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I am ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. I have heard that many rumors 
I have heard the many rumors about me, and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, You are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant, and your unfailing love rescue me. Don't let me be disgraced, O Lord, for I call out to you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them lie silent in the grave. Silence their lying lips, those proud and arrogant lips that accuse the godly. Proverbs eight twelve through 13. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption, and perverse speech. That concludes our reading time for today. All right, so let's take a look in the companion here. And what is an ephod? Well, it is a priestly garment. It was a close-fitting outer vest that generally extended down to the hips. The high priestly ephod was ornate with onyx stones and a lovely woven girdle. And in 2830 over here in Exodus, a Urim and Thummim are mentioned. And what might that be? Okay, they signify lights and perfections. What they looked like is not known. They were perhaps two gemstones located in the breastplate of the high priest. They were specially marked so that when they were cast to the ground, their markings and positions could be interpreted by such decipherment. The high priest could know God's answers to questions involving national interest. In 1 Samuel 14, Urim and Thummim were used by Saul to uncover Jonathan's guilt No mention is made of the use of the Urim and Thummim after the kingship of David. And that's, um, let's see. And then in Ezra and in Nehemiah, they both indicate that after the Babylonian exile, Israel had no priest with Urim and Thummim. The Bible does not refer to them after this. So kind of interesting, right? And all right, so in Matthew today, we have the... uh, the sheep and the goats. So what is the significance in this? Matthew 25, 32. Jesus used sheep and goats to picture the division between believers and unbelievers. Sheep and goats often grazed together, but were separated when it came time to shear the sheep. Ezekiel 34 through 17 through 24 also refers to the separation of sheep and goats. So that is something that we can look into. Um, for a little extra study in Ezekiel 34, 17 through 24, for more about the sheep and the goats and the significance of that. And in Matthew 26, 6 through 13, why does Matthew and Mark place, which we will see, place this event in Matthew just before the last supper, while John has it a week earlier before the triumphal entry, before Jesus makes his entrance on a donkey's colt? Uh, That's the triumphal entry. And so they are located in different places. And for some people that could be like, oh, that that could question the accuracy of it. You know, maybe it could be an unbeliever or something like that if you're in a conversation with them and they're like, well, nothing is in the right order. And how can we be sure that 
uh, this is that this is accurate. Well, here is an answer for you, and this is still in the companion today. Of the three, John places this event in the most likely chronological order, and that's in John 12, 3 through 8. We must remember that the main purpose of the gospel writers was to give an, a, an accurate record of Jesus's message, not to present an exact chronological account of his life. Matthew and Mark may have chosen to place this event here to contrast the complete devotion of Mary with the betrayal of Judas, the next event they record in their gospels. So uh, in here, she's, it's referring to the alabaster jar. And that was Mary from, I believe it's from Mary and Martha, the sisters, and um, and their brothers Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. Um, but she, you know, sat at Jesus' feet, and Martha was getting everything ready. And, um, you know, nobody wants to be a Martha, right? <laughs> worried about all the details, being a host, not worried about sitting at Jesus' feet, right? That's not you, that's not me, right? <laughs> um, but she... Um, broke this jar of very expensive uh, perfume and the disciples were like, whoa, hold up. What are you doing? That could have been sold and we could have given, given money to the poor. And as Jesus said, as the gospel, as the good news is preached throughout the world, this, this instance right here will be remembered and discussed and we're discussing it and remembering it today, which is really cool. Um, but she, she was preparing his body for burial. And again, it was hard for the disciples to, to hear what Jesus was saying that he was going to die They They, they just really had a hard time hearing that and even in even remotely understanding that of what he was saying. And so, um, that is the story that the event that is, they are referring to here. And today over in our Psalm, um, In verses 14 through 15, in saying, this is in my life application study Bible, in saying, my future is in your hands, David was expressing his belief that all of life's circumstances are under God's control. Knowing that God loves and cares for us enables us to keep steady in our faith regardless of our circumstances. It keeps us from sinning foolishly by taking matters into our own hands or resenting God's timetable. So whenever you're starting to feel like, you know, things aren't going your way and you want to try to uh, control a lot of the things and situations, relationships, whatever that is um, around you, just take a breath and know that our future is in God's hands. Our lives are in God's hands and truly we can practice finding rest in that statement rather than um, overwhelm or uncertainty or, you know, uh, just any type of, I don't, I'm not okay with the unknown. We can actually really work toward practicing faith and trust in God's plan for our life. It's really a beautiful, beautiful practice for us to have. So let's go ahead and end with our prayer today. Dear Lord, thank you for helping us to find rest in your faith, your faithful promises. They are where we can take a breath, where we can rejuvenate and refresh when life gets crazy or overwhelming or maybe even 
painful sometimes. And so help us to truly rest in what David says here. My future is in your hands and help us to no longer look at that with uncertainty or with uh, anxiety or overwhelm. Help us to really learn faith and trust in that truth. And we just thank you. We thank you for being in control because you sent us Jesus. You gave us salvation, a free gift of salvation by your grace. And we didn't do anything to earn it, nothing. And we just thank you for being in control. Jesus, thank you for being our savior. Thank you for being willing to lay down your life for all of us and to save us from sin and death. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.